millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. An Elio's original. I love that your um, your zest for exploring an adventure. Yeah, something that Classic I don't Jewish. have in my family. Classic Jew. You know, I like to get off the grid into the mountains. Classic Jewish style. Really? Not really. No. no I was going to say, <laughs> is there a part of you're a different kind of Jew then? glad that um moshe kasher is doing my podcast today because i can phone it in <laughs> <laughs> isn't that the name of this podcast phoning it that's in that's such Leslie a good Arfin? name for a podcast for a podcast no one listens to yeah or like, it's well, about it just phone doesn't calls. feel like they do it that oh that's right okay i like that yeah yeah i'm in um no it's because we're just cozy friends and not stranger friends which um, gives me a lot of anxiety when I do the podcast, and which takes up a lot of energy. To talk to a stranger. Yeah. Right. And I'm so tired today. Yeah. Which is something that I wanted to talk to you about because one of your my hobbies, hobbies is sleeping. No. <laughs> is getting enough sleep. That's my main hobby. Well, I mean, it might be because, and we are going to talk about vapes, but like, I know <laughs> one of your biggest hobbies is surfing, which to me, the craziest thing is that you wake up so early well it's definitely the worst part of surfing is this thing where they're like chasing the. they call them uh what do they call them they call them chasing the waves no that <laughs> yep that's right they call it chasing the waves they call it phoning it in chasing the waves with leslie arfin no it's uh it dawn sessions that's what they're called oh. dawn, or dawn patrol that's what it's called dawn patrol dawn patrol Judy, and there's enough. like a we're the, gonna get the dog down she's for the listener at home there's a 700 pound poodle that's <laughs> assaulting me yeah. All right, Judy. Come on. Take it to Now, the do you do a lot of editing or does this all go straight in the podcast? We edit. Oh, okay. <laughs> we edit, but some some of that stuff is pure gold. Yeah, no, that was Judy Gold. Famous <laughs> comedian Judy Gold. Do you know Judy Gold? Not personally. Do you know she yeah, is yeah. though? Yeah. yeah. Is she on Cameo? That's a great question. Find out. Let's find out if Judy Gold is okay, on Cameo. Okay. So, question for our audience. If I were to be on Cameo, would you guys click on me? Because I am not a famous person, but I do love the idea of going on Cameo. So right in the comments, I read them and how once much a year. should Leslie oh, yeah. charge? I was, I said like $5. Hold on um, a second. Amanda said 20. I don't know. It's just for fun. It's not for, for money. money. It's not for fun. It's, it's literally for, for money. You, d- I wouldn't do it for money. Let's take a listen. Or if I did, five dollars would be so cheap. Everyone would rack it up, rack it up. Hold on, hold on. I want to. I want to play something. Okay. Sorry. Here we go. Hey everyone, 
It's me, Judy Gold, and I'm on Cameo. And I'll tell anyone anything you want me to. Because I have a big, big mouth. Well, there you go. That could be you, Leslie. A girl can dream. Sorry, I'm trying to turn this off. All right. <laughs> a girl can dream, baby. All right. So surfing. Surfing. When did you get into it? I started surfing. You know, I went to UC Santa Barbara, and I now that I do surf, I feel like I wasted the best prime years of my young life. I was a young, supple youth, mm-hmm. and I could have been surfing that whole time, but I didn't. I didn't once. I was too cool. I was actually like what? one of the sole hipsters at, um, at UC Santa Barbara. It was all like, you know, beefy blondes or hipsters that were trying so hard to not be a beefy blonde. They were actually worse than the beefy blondes. And then there was me, an actual cool person all by myself, no friends, no girls, no fun. But then Uh I went to Hawaii like probably five or seven years ago. And uh, I got really taken with Hawaiian and Polynesian culture, uh, uh, history. Mm -hmm. I started reading, uh, you know who James Mishner is? No. Fascinating guy. He was like kind of the biggest author in the world when he was alive. He was like super famous, kind of Stephen King style famous. But he did all these um, historical novels where he would like these tomes of like, he wrote South Pacific. Oh, cool. He wrote the book that became the musical South Pacific and he wrote Texas and he wrote Mexico. Oh, that's cool. Which is your favorite one of his? Well, Hawaii is the only one that I've read. I tried South Pacific and couldn't get into it. But Hawaii is this like thousand page epic fiction history, but it's based really strongly on reality. That sounds awesome. It's great. And Hawaiian history is like super. We could talk about that for an hour if you're interested. But... I also got really fascinated with surfing and surf and Hawaiian Polynesian culture. And when I came home, I started taking lessons. So this book, because that happens to me, I'll read a book and I'll get so into it that I'll want to do like the book will inspire me to do something weirder. Like what? Like I read The Road by Cormac McCarthy and it inspired me to take my son through a post-apocalyptic hellscape. But there was none around. <laughs> and then you didn't have a son. And I didn't have a son, but it inspired me to encourage my daughter to become trans against her will so that she could be my son. And then hopefully the world would end so that we could go for a really long walk together scavenging cans. No, but like I've read books and I've wanted to like get into stuff that either their characters into or like try. Like I remember this is a bad example, but like there's this young adult book I read and they were this one girl like loved sardines and so i like really 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 wanted to try sardines and And i was bad i yeah i don't eat them but they're but it was like so it sounded like such a it sounded so good in the book and i so i like that so you read this book and you loved it and it made you really into hawaiian history and culture and but the book's not about surfing. That's what's right. it, it mentions. It I mean, surfing's an interesting sport. In that, you know, they call it the surf of the the sport of kings. Because what happened was when uh, James Cook arrived. That's really conceited, by the way. Well, it's not though. <laughs> if you he, hear them out, hear okay, the sport okay, out. Okay. Um, they when James Cook arrived in Hawaii. He was taken with the fact that he, first of all, he'd never seen anything like it. Is people riding waves on these like long boards, but the king was doing it too. The king Kamehameha was actually out in the water paddling around surfing. Cool. So literally, it right. was a sport of kings, and um, and and then people moved, started moving to Hawaii. You know, this 
I mean, that I'm more taken with the the, the history. I mean, the history is pretty crazy. Of That's what, really cool, though, that you're really into the history. So you're more into the history of surfing than the actual sport. No, no, no. I'm just saying in terms of podcasting, like I like it's difficult for me to describe surfing in a way that feels com- compelling because truly I am bad at it. I'm like I always describe myself as the opposite of whatever talent, whatever the opposite of talented is. I, that's what I am. For but surfing. that's what I love about hobbies is that you do it anyway. You do it in spite of being bad at it. You love it in spite of not being the best or not even being good. Like that's so interesting and cool to me. Well, when I was a kid, everything I had like a rule. You know, there's a moment in The Simpsons where um, Bart Simpson tried something and he failed, and he was like having the like Bob Saget you tried your best, you failed miserably. The he, lesson is never try again. There's something like that. He goes, son. Yeah, if you try something quote. and you're not good at it, never try it again. Give up yeah. immediately, and, never, and that, that was like my motto <laughs> throughout my entire childhood. It's like if I try, I tried trumpet, I tried drumming, I tried whittling, I tried whittling. I, yeah, my brother, dude. I also just like <laughs> pretended I was my brother. <laughs> Me and my sister call it whittling. Whittling. We would. Do, my brother <laughs> I was tried such whittling. A, I gotta get somebody on this podcast. My, who's who's a whittler? Uh, I love Offerman's kind of a whittler, isn't he? Or a he woodman. is so many things. Yeah. My brother we used to do all these. My brother was like an old man always. He studied Yiddish in the summer. He would go to the Yivo Yiddish Institute. Amazing. I drew a line there. But back in <laughs> Oakland, he joined a whittling class, and it was. And I was like, I'll do it too. Because I wanted to be like my brother, but not because I wanted to whittle. And literally, it was me and my brother and like five dozen eighty-five-year-olds, uh, and they were they were delighted and confused that we were in the class. They were like, "Why are these young boys here?" And you weren't good at it. I was it. terrible at whittling. Choir. I tried choir. The, Do you have a good voice? I did. I quit. Sing us a tune. I'm a whittling man. Wow. Right. Uh, a star is born much? Um, actually, I have a good voice when I'm in bass. I can do bass. So I'm more like this. They call me a whittling man, and I will because I can. Um, I got my whittling knife in my hand. I'm a whittling man. Kind of a thing. My jaw is on the carpet. It literally is. You can't see it, but that it's crazy. That was gorgeous. Thank you. <laughs> you have a beautiful voice. Thank you. You know, me and Natasha, speaking of hobbies, we once had a plan to put out a album of um, country duets, uh-huh. but the, and the, the, you know how, like the concept was, the twist was, mm. there was no twist. It was just a country <laughs> album and we never explained it. It's like, why are these two comedians doing this? That's great. You don't have to explain it. You should do that. Maybe you know what will. the twist is? There was no twist. Like, you don't even have to say that. It's still funny to me. And it was just us very sincerely singing country I like duets. it. Yeah. That's cool. Do you have a good voice? Um, No. I have a very emotive voice. Like, I can emote. I can perform. If I practice, if I'm doing a lot of karaoke. You'll go like, get- you, 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 I don't know. Kind of a thing. played, Jack. <laughs> <laughs> oh, so your skill is using slang from 71. <laughs> no, let me see. Because um, I've been singing a lot in the car. Um, into the unknown. <laughs> into the unknown. Saying. I see what you're saying. You do a lot of... Um, into you- the unknown. 
Okay. It's really good. And, I would, and then I would come in at the end, I'd go, into the unknown. Oh my God, the, you're, the richness. It's like a caramel covered yeah. in peanut a, a butter. Oh, is it caramel no, or it caramel? Bo- it's both. Who even knows? I know. Who could answer such a question? I know. It is really the unanswerable question. So I surf. Okay, so you're not good at it, which great. I like it even more I, that you do it. It's the first thing I've done in my life that I tried and immediately was met with the reality of being bad at that I continued to try with passion. And I've continued to do it ever since. And I've gotten to the point where, yes, I'm bad. And I probably will always be bad. But I'm now functionally bad. I'm like one of those stand-up comedians who, you know, those stand-up comedians who like you, you see them, you're like, oh my God, this guy will never be good at this. But you're kind of like, also, he knows what he's doing. Like uh-huh. he has a joke that he's got an act. Right. I'm like that. I... I just don't really believe in that. In what? Well, I don't know. Maybe I do. But I guess in like the fact that you'll never be good. I mean, I don't know. Maybe. What I'm saying is I'm functional at it now. You can stand. I can can stand. I can ride waves. I've gone from being really horribly terrible to like, oh, that man is an average bad surfer. I Okay. So you're not going to be like, you're not like a prof- you're not going to be like a professional surfer fine but like you can get up and you can ride a wave to me that says you're good thank you that's nice and i disagree but it is the hardest thing i've ever done in my life it's so bad sometimes when i'm surfing i think about how funny i am i, I so let I me ask you something will... if your motto was you tried it you tried your best you failed miserably lesson is never try again what made you change that for surfing or yeah i mean if surfing was the first thing like i'll tell you what is interesting about it for me is i it's a mystery i don't know why i do it i i mean i know what's pleasant about it and i can articulate that very clearly what's amazing about surfing is that it's this it's this activity that combines i guess maybe mountain biking is kind of like this too or hiking but it's an activity that combines a bunch of different elements some physical some spiritual Mm. some temporal like it's it is exercise Mm -hmm. it is communing with nature it is meditation it is uh travel it is hanging out with your friends it's all of those things in one activity yeah and that's very powerful to me that yeah so i would go as far as to say is like you tried other things but you just didn't like them like whitlin all right it wasn't your thing like i can see how that's not really you tried it. I am bad at art as well. Do you like making it? Uh, no. So then because it's not I'm bad for at you. It. But the but thing you're is, like talented. I'm not though. Like that's you, me saying that about you with surfing is you saying that about me with painting. Like thank you. That's nice. You're welcome. I'm fine with whatever level I'm at because it's I don't I like doing it. I don't really care what it ends up looking like. I no, like the what, process of doing it. What I'm saying is if you had dedicated your life to painting yeah. and you had gone to art school and you had like you spent 40 hours a week painting like all artists do they wake up at 8 a.m and then they paint until 5 p.m and they clock out of their canvas <laughs> if you had done the classic artist way you would be you would be very good at it because you have artistic talent whether or not you've developed that talent uh is immaterial you 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 look at one of your paintings you close say, oh this person has an artistic bone you know yeah. You look at my surfing, you don't you say this this boy does not have the bone. Okay, maybe, but like 
maybe I do have that bone. I've seen But the I don't know if I could be a professional painter, meaning like, I don't know if I would ever make money from it. No, but there's such a huge difference between professional surfer and good at surfing. Like, right. those are those are vastly different I see categories. what you mean. Right, yeah. I'm, I'm not... No one was ever thinking I'd be a professor. First of all, you right, have to start right. surfing. I started surfing at probably the worst time possible, worst age possible. It was like right when I... Uh, 35, probably. Uh-huh. 34, 35. Right when you start grappling with your mortality. That's not the time to get into an extreme sport. <laughs> right when you really start pondering that death could come to you. Right. Is not when you do death. Like, it's dangerous, straight up. Yeah, it seems really... I mean, Didn't you I have a friend who do you not want to talk about that. No, it's fine. I mean, I do have a uh, I did have a friend who died in a insane, in a horrible surfing freak accident, a, surfing yeah, freak accident. surfing accident. And she was really good. And it just was like, I mean, I don't want to go into the details, but if people really want to know, like you can email me, it just would be weird or email me and I'll make something up. No, <laughs> but that's here's what I am. This is gratified for is your friend who is really good, probably when you're really good, you start pushing towards more mm. death-defying stuff. Mm-hmm. The level I'm at, I'm in a very safe zone. I mean, hey, freak shit could happen at any time, but that could happen in your car. You know, I mean, Judy, your poodle could have attacked me, ripped out my jugular, I could have bled out on your couch. You she never know. She doesn't do that. But she could have. She can't. She might. And what if a like a, a, a fungal virus, like with an, you know, like a kind of rabid virus had floated in your window and she sniffed it and in that moment her brain chemistry switched there's a, always a possibility but i mean okay but there's... i but i am at a level where i won't hurt i don't think i could hurt myself i'm just saying you might get better at surfing in spite of yourself i have gotten better at surfing See? At surfing in spite of myself and you might and you might continue to but only because you'll be you you continue to do it but it does feel like a spiritual journey in a way. The mystery is kind of intriguing to me. When I when I when I ask myself like why is this the thing that I latched onto? Mm-hmm. There's something really cool about that about that question and the and the unanswerability of it. Like there's something I like about that. There's something about nature that you like cuz I know that you're also really into camping. I am really another hobby that I have that I'm passionate about is is Camping and specifically overland RV camping. Yeah, you love your RV. I love my RV, and it's a specific kind of RV. It's not. It's called an overland RV, and so it's it's not exactly like a. It's not what you think. It's not one of these big houses on wheel bus kind of like you pull over at a resort and right. it's the kind of thing that can get into the back country and and is totally self-sufficient and off-grid it's got solar and it's got a composting toilet and it's got all the bells and whistles to keep you out in nature for a long time if you want it that is so cool and you are also really into like tricking it out in your way like yeah. you have designs for your rv like moshe used to get up in the middle of the writer's room. He'd be in the middle of pitching something and then see an alert on his phone that was on <laughs> silent and be like, hold on, I got to take this call and and would go out and we'd think like, is it Natasha? Is something wrong? Is it an emergency? Is it his agent? <laughs> your wife or your agent? No, it was somebody calling about an RV or an RV part. That does make me sound like it's a... It's cute. Um, it is cute. I also... <laughs> I'm wondering about my own work ethic right now even <laughs> as you say it. But no. No, I mean you would also come back in and like pick right back up to give you credit for it like 
And I would start. It was pitching. also towards the end. I would we start pitching like... about RVs. I'd be like, "What if? <laughs> what if the girls buy an Overland RV and spend a month in the Rockies?" I mean, it does says a, say a lot about like how much respect you had for me. Well, that's <laughs> obvious and point blank. Yeah, that was. It, I don't. I'm not in the RVing. That was all a ploy. <laughs> I, there was no RV. There was no call. That was just an alpha move for me. I would go outside. Move. I would meditate for five minutes. <laughs> I would come back in and be like, where was I? And I'd make deep and confrontational eye contact with you. I remember that. <laughs> yeah. But nature, I do feel like, while it lasts, nature is the antidote for the poison of our day. Wow. I, I the quotable casher. <laughs> I really believe that. Like when I'm out, like this summer, Natasha and I, right after the the room wrapped, actually, right after we were done, um, Natasha and I drove from L.A. to Denver and back. Uh, and we and it was the most amazing trip. It was as good a trip as any trip to Europe. It was as good a trip as any trip to Asia or the Middle East I've ever had. I'm lying. I've never been to Asia. But anyway, I don't know why I said that. In the moment, I was like, why am I saying that? I've not been to Asia. I've been to the Ist- the uh, Asian side of Istanbul. Okay. But it was a great, it was an amazing trip. You and your daughter and Natasha. And does Natasha feel the same? I think so. You yeah. have to ask her. I mean, listen. Nature and camping has been a negotiation with Natasha, but we found our Venn, our peaceful Venn diagram, our Zen diagram, if you will, <laughs> in um, where our, our interests overlap is mm-hmm. in, uh, this is a hobby, this is what we should talk about, is we're, we're spring people, we're hot spring people, uh-huh. and like we, th- we could do it every day. And we, we have a map of hot springs around the country of where they are and ones we want to visit, ones we haven't visited. And Colorado is filled with hot spring right. resorts. And so we would basically drive Colorado, by the way, if you ever have a chance. Yeah, like, I've been there. It's so unbelievably gorgeous. Yeah. It's beyond, beyond. And we were we drove into Colorado right as the aspens were turning. Uh-huh. The aspens are um, this tr- this kind of tree, you know, with the paper the paper bark, you know, the uh. white. The white trees. Oh yeah, yeah. I thought those were birch. Also birch. Oh, okay. They look like the same. But, oh okay. But the aspens they turn their. I think that's right. I could be wrong. Whatever. I'm not an ar- 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 I'm not an ar- ar- arborist. I'm not an arborist, but I celebrate Arbor Day. It's my <laughs> most, and Tish t- Tishbaav. Those are the or not Tishbaav. Tubishvat. That's right. Tubishvat is the Jewish Arbor Day. Do you know about oh, that? No. What it's day is up. it? Is it's this what Sunday. What? What should we do? I well, how about I invite you to um, a, a tree planting ceremony this very Sunday? Where? In I mean I don't want to tell your listeners where we're going to be this Sunday. They'll come abduct us. Okay. No, your listeners are probably sweet, huh? Yeah, they're really nice. I bet they are. Okay, guys, it's Elysian Park. But anyway, wow. Um, the aspens were turning, and they turned golden. Like the leaves all turned gold, so it's like it's like snowing golden leaves, mm. and like. By the way, aspens are interesting because they are one organism. So if you go to a forest of aspens, they are all the same organism. What does that mean? That means that all of the trees are a sprout of one mega plant. Wait a minute. As a person with a very deep voice, I'm hired all the time for advertising campaigns. But a deep voice doesn't sell B2B. And advertising on the wrong platform doesn't sell B2B either. That's why if you're a B2B marketer, you should use LinkedIn ads. LinkedIn has the targeting capabilities to help you reach the world's largest professional audience. That's right, over 70 million decision makers all in one place. All the big wigs, then medium wigs, also small wigs who are on the path to becoming big wigs. 
Okay, that's enough about Wix. LinkedIn ads allows you to focus on getting your B2B message to the right people. So, does that mean you should use ads on LinkedIn instead of hiring me, the man with the deepest voice in the world? Yes. Yes, it does. Get started today and see why LinkedIn is the place to be to be. We'll even give you a $100 credit on your next campaign. Go to linkedin.com slash results to claim your credit. That's linkedin.com slash results. Terms and conditions apply. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, Right. For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Like a school of fish? More like a, a medusa. Like it's like oh, they're one, all one tree. They're all one organism. They're di- the different trees are the same root system, and Whoa. they're like so. When you see aspens, they like they're all the same life. So and it's all the same tree. I don't think you could say they're all the same tree, but they're all the same cyst. They're all the same plant. God, Moshe has so many fun factoids. I got a lot. Um, that is really cool. And so you guys found this middle ground oh sorry that's judy gold again i was going to show you a picture of the aspens <laughs> you and natasha love hot springs so hot springs so we found this book that was like like best hot springs of the colorado region and we literally would drive from hot spring i mean here's me at one in utah oh I'm my on this god big old sulfur mountain this is I'm, amazing i mean it looks so, like you're on another planet it's so beautiful is it crowded when you go? It all depends on the ones that you go to. So there's different kinds of hot springs. You know, there's like, there's a whole, there's a, like different. It's a scene. It's a scene. And I wouldn't say it's the coolest scene in the world, but there are a lot of naked old men. So that's cool. Yeah. Do you but, guys get naked? Um, I definitely get naked because I grew up as a straight up hippie. That's yeah. me. That's me in the Aspens. You see, oh, you're just wearing like, the t-shirt I made you. Exactly. This is so beautiful. Yeah. It a, looks like Moshe is standing. I mean, it. In the mouth but, of God. Moshe is standing in a forest of gold and wearing a tie-dye t-shirt that I made him. And he says, my personal brand is God. Yeah. That's so, cool. Yeah, we would go from hot spring to hot spring uh, in, in, in Steamboat Springs. Uh, not Steamboat Springs. Uh, Glenwood Springs. There's a place, the biggest hot spring in the world. It's two football fields long. Holy it's gigantic. And then in Steamboat Springs, there was a hot spring that was inside like the, the, the cradle of two mountains. So you were like surrounded on both sides by mountains. Whoa. And it was just like, I mean, anyway, I could, I, I love could talk your, about that forever. I love that your zest for exploring an adventure. Yeah. Something that um, I don't Jewish. have in my family. Classic Jew. You know, I like to get off the grid into the mountains. Classic Jewish style. Really? Not really. No. no I was going to say, <laughs> is there a part of you're a different kind of Jew then? But like... Surfing and... Natasha doesn't get naked? I mean, I don't want to speak for her. I get. I got naked at Esalen. Those hot springs were fierce. Esalen is dope. Yeah. That is quite a place, but one of the most annoying places on earth. Yeah. Like once you're in. Just don't talk to anybody. No, once you're in, it's like the most gorgeous hobbit ass shit you've ever seen in your life. Getting 
interacting, oh, getting there or getting in or interacting with anyone that works there is one of the most annoying experiences so you'll ever have. They're just like, they don't want you there. It's, they don't, they don't care if you're coming. They yeah. Don't, it's not welcoming. But yeah, it is very like, oh, you're here. That's cool. It's like, where should I park? What am I supposed to do? Is, and they're just like, ah, there's someone uh, over there you can ask. Like, they're just very vague. and. Well, it's because they know they got something good. But the thing about overland camping is, like, in that way, is that there's little places that are almost as gorgeous as Esalen hiding everywhere right. in this country. And if you can get into the back country a little bit and you can kind of, like, futz, futz around, you can find these places that are, like, all yours and just gorgeous. God, I wish I could do that. I mean, you could, but it's not for everybody. I no, that. I... It's Paul's not into that. It would be hard to do it. Paul's I, more Jewish than you, and he's not even Jewish, right? And and I, the thing, I could maybe get him to do it if I was the person doing all the planning. That's not one of my favorite hobbies, however. Yeah, right. I mean, the thing that's really cool about having an RV as opposed to like packing up a tent and all is that everything is kind of sitting there waiting for an adventure. Right, and, but you have the RV and you've tricked it out yourself to make sure everything is like boom, 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 ready, steady, go. And it's connected to surfing too. I've got I, I pack up surfboards into that thing and I'll I'll have a little apartment right by the beach. It's like it's the best. There's something about it, and I don't know if this is overly uh, binary about gender, but there's something about that van life, RV life, surfing, camping that is. I feel like connected to the male desire to be, to have a escape route to freedom at any oh point. Oh my God. You're like obsessed with gender norms. Yeah. I think that they're real. I think that gender is <laughs> a binary and you're either a man or a woman. And that's Mush. my primary philosophy in life. That's all, that's what I care about more you're than like anything. Freedom. Men are more interested in RVing and surfing because of the freedom we need to get away from the women all I that mean, are trying to lock us down. No, all I mean, and I don't, I mean, many women are, are very into camping. And are, what I'm saying is that there's something about the like, the like, I'm talking almost primate level. You just another one. Kaka. I'm down. The, yeah, because I, I there's might be, like this whole thing like, pri- like, like primate, like men are the ones who chop wood and carry water and the women stay and like well, breastfeed the babies. Chopped wood. Or like cavemen or whatever. Right. It's like, no, women also chopped wood and carried water with babies on their back. like what, Backwards and in heels? <laughs> we could do it all, even back then. Baking like, a cake at the same time. What does a time. caveman heel look like for a caveman lady? It's like a, a, like a burned stub from the fire. It's, like a, like, ooh, it's ooh, like a twig. Stiletto. <laughs> <laughs> like different, like you can get like a block, like a block of wood. And that's like, this is getting stupid. Well, I'm curious. Do you think that there, that there is nothing to like... I want to be very careful with the question I'm asking. No, like I mean, you say what's on your mind. No, do like, you, do you think that there's nothing to like that? There are certain things that are kind of like from the primordial nature of woman and primordial nature of man, or is it all totally cultural and bullshit? I really think that it's like mostly cultural, and it's it's been so many, so many years right. that What's it has become like an inherited trait. Right. Of, like, I, 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 I believe that. Right. So it's I, I kind both of kind of, and it's like probably also even, neither. Yeah. 
No, I, I think I even agree with you that like it doesn't even matter if it's like it's not scientific or or, right. or DNA, but even if it is cultural, I mean, what does it matter if there's right. a, like I did you watch Into the Wild, the movie? Yeah, yeah. What'd I you also think? read the book. W- what did you think? What uh, the book about the kid who goes to live a- yeah. in the woods and whatever? Uh, I really love the book. I think the book's pretty great. Yeah, um, my, my feeling and yeah, I like the book a lot. I mean, I was like, "Why this isn't coming as a shock to me that this kid can't survive in the wilderness like, like the fucking Unabomber." Like, like for me, like um, again, maybe this is like my s- very stupid, very narrow-minded, like gender role idea. But I feel like most women who watched that movie were like, "That guy's a fucking idiot." And most oh. men who watch that movie are like, that guy's a fucking idiot. But also, I want to be him a little bit. Oh, I totally... Ha- There's like a part of me that definitely relates to like, that's badass, that's cool. Get I love the idea right. cut of all being ties. able to cut all ties, go and like survive, be a survivalist. Yeah, like I, I can get into... That's like one of those things that I was saying, books that inspire you to do stuff. Uh-huh. I like the idea of figuring out how to survive off twigs and berries or like making my own little shelter and having a commune of one in like a, a very in small, in an abstract yeah, way. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Actually, um, that's funny you say that because I don't, there's no part of me that's like, I I know that that's an instinct that some people have. Like, have you seen that show Naked and Afraid or whatever? Yeah. The, or is that the one where they're- Is that they're, like the reality show where they're naked and trying it's to- It's a different one. It's No, no, no. It's not Naked and Afraid. I it's, Survived. It's a survivalist show where they drop a person on like an island that's with nothing. That's Naked and Afraid. But it, this one was- That's where they put two people together and they, they camp together and then see if they'll fuck basically, right? Oh, like, no. I thought it was I like know. a survival- <laughs> I don't it know. Is, it's both. But, <laughs> But I'm not a survivalist by any stretch of the imagination. There's no part of me that thinks it's attractive to like have a shivering meal of a like trout that I pawed out of a river and like with some sage that I I don't want. No, but that. isn't there something cool about like getting good at that? Yes, there is something attractive about being such a cool person. Like you, you know how in Game of Thrones, how sometimes they would when they were traveling, they would just have to like pull over and you know, burn rabbit and eat with wooden spoons that they carry in their pocket. Like I really like, I sometimes I like eating (laughs) out of the pot, like beans out of a pot with a wooden spoon. That's pretty extreme. Like me and my friend Jesse used to call it Yukon Cornelius style. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. I, I don't know if I'm, I don't, I wouldn't call myself a survivalist at all because I like hedonism. I like pleasure. My, right. my uh, really what I like more than anything is is pleasure, and I feel like like I mean almost fun and pleasure are almost like the two biggest ethics in my life that don't have to do with like other people. Is like I I think like life is short. You should. That's enjoy why you yourself. love Burning Man. That is why I it's love the Burning elements Man. of all of this, including art. Yes, which is hedonism. But you're also yeah. an artist. I mean, you might. I'm not a visual artist, but no, definitely, but yeah. You're an artist. Are, are we running out of time? Oh, okay. I'm an artist of uh, of the spoken word. Do you yeah, want to hear a poem of the that spoken word and the written word. Do you want to hear a poem that I wrote? Obviously. Uh, okay. Uh, flames, <laughs> fire, dust, settles, where we all come to test our metal, metallurgy, welding too. Burning Man is fun for me and you. RVs, tires, berries too. Yukon <laughs> Cornelius taking a poo in a river or in a in a in a uh, ditch 
I you can go on for the end of till the till end, the of, end time. of the podcast till the end of the podcast, <laughs> which is the end of time. Yeah, <laughs> that'd be crazy if at the end of this podcast time ended. Can I just say one thing about your poem? Yeah, you got is it the a goods. critique? What you got the goods? Oh wow, amazing! <laughs> That's good. So okay, great. It's got flow. Um, <laughs> yeah, you're right. I think I think the Burning Man is the is the uh, culmination of all of my um, my disparate interests over the years. Like it's funny. I like dancing. I like camping. Yeah. I like wildness. Nature. I like nature. I like hedonism. So at Burning Man, is it hedonism? Definitely, like, definitely. It's when hedonism. I think of hedonism, I think of like. The Greeks like l- laying around in togas being fed grapes. Right. So fair enough. So it's like it's austere. The Romans. It's like austere hedonism. It's a weird kind of hedonism because it's also extreme at, uh, at the same time. It's like it's not comfortable. It's not the kind of hedonism that is connected to pure comfort. It's hmm. like a hedonism that you have to work for. And maybe that's the tie into surfing. Right. Because surfing also has this kind of ultimate pleasure principle where it's like, we're all be, yeah, I got to get up at five in the morning. And yeah, I'm out in the freezing cold water at five in the morning. But then all of a sudden, with all of that effort, the sun pops up over the horizon and there's a sunrise happening and I see literally dolphins Ugh. 30 feet away from me, you know, breaching and, 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 and dancing with the waves and I'm riding the waves and I'm talking to a friend and there's something so purely pleasurable about mm-hmm. that, that it's like it's work, but it's also for my, for, for its own sake. It's for pure, for purely for pleasure. That is really what makes you love something. You have to work in order to like you like you like the process of working for the goal yeah because if you think about it what is actual like um like base hedonism is it's here already it's you lay in bed right you order uber eats and you watch netflix right yeah, you watch yeah. 90 day fiance and your comfortable little bed is there and you stuff your face with donuts and you watch like mind candy but we all know what happens when you do that long enough you feel like a fucking piece of shit and you want to die Right. Like, yeah, eventually you're like, this is not this is no life. The kind of hedonism where you work hard for it, you get into the forest, you get into a hot spring yeah. that you drove 20 hours to get to and you had to hike into or you're out on the ocean. Like at the end of that, you feel alive. You feel totally. like I want to live more. I feel more alive than I ever have. That is really cool. And I really admire that. Can I ask you a question? It's going to no, seem really I, random. Unfortunately not. Yes. When you were growing up, were you a fat kid? Yes. You were? I was not just a fat Pleasantly kid. plump. Uh, I'm going to say pleasantly not, it plump. It was not pleasant. <laughs> it was definitely unpleasant. Listen, I'm all for fat acceptance, but middle school is the, the time where you want to avoid being overweight if and possible. And you were in middle school? In middle school, I was fat. My, You know my legal first name is Mark. Do you know that? Oh, yeah, yeah. My friends, friends, I'm doing heavy quotation marks, although air quotes never work on podcasts. Uh, called me Blark, like Blimp Mark. Mm. And they called me Pork Chop, which as a Jew was doubly offensive. Yeah. And I was a, I was a chubby fat. And my dad used to call me fat. It was all, I was, yeah, I hated it. Hated that, it. Hated my it. My review of middle school overweightness. Hated it. So, and now, like, I don't know if you guys have seen Moshe lately, but he is it's very skinny. Very slim. <laughs> He's very slim. But you, so you had to work for that. Like, or did it just, was it puberty? It went away in puberty. It went away in, in puberty. I was on psychiatric medication in puberty. There was a lot of things that happened at once. I, I was on psychiatric medication, so like I stopped eating. 
eating as much. And then I grew up. And then, but you know what's crazy about being, were you fat when you were in middle school? No. No. The thing about being fat in middle school is once you're fat in middle school, you're fat for the rest of your life. Right. In your mind. And I don't want to take away from the struggle of actual fat people that like, deal mm-hmm. with weight issues their entire life because that's a though. that's a different level of of difficulty there's a lot of other things i was in middle school that i of am course. for the rest of my but life but i just mean like if you are a fat person and you actually deal right. with that your whole life that's another yeah, challenge I, yeah but there's a psychological widget in your mind when you're a fat kid in middle school where you can't you're always for the rest of your life looking at your body going like Ugh, is it happening again is it coming back you right. know but yes I I grew out of it and I I'm glad that I grew out of it although But you also do boxing. I do that. I do work hard at that. Yeah. Ugh. I do boxing. You and- do so much active shit. You it- have and also like you and Natasha are like yeah, we're walking the res like we, and then I'm going I'm doing boxing after we walk the res. I'm like it's weird that you guys aren't sitting more. Well, here's the thing about the bo- my body. Yeah. It's perfect. Um <laughs> No, the thing about the body at our age, Leslie, mm-hmm. is at about, and a little younger than us, at about 35, you're supposed to start, I think, you're supposed to start thinking about your, bo- the, your, the, your body as what, what you're doing now is building a foundation for what your body's going to be like when you're 80, mm. right? Like this guy, speaking of surfing, the greatest surfer maybe of all time, Kelly Slater, you know who mm-hmm. that is, right? Mm-hmm. He's a famous guy. He just, he, he had a quote I think about a lot. He's like, the the wave what i'm doing with my body now is not for the waves i want to catch now it's for the waves i hope to catch with my grandkids mm. you know and i think about that a lot like the reason that i take my body and my health very seriously now it's not because i want to be slender and hollywood hot because mm-hmm. that's i'm not that i don't have that kind of body i'm never going to be like a, a kumail type if you will you know like <laughs> the reason i work and exercise now is because i want to be limber and, and- healthy Boom goes the dynamite. <laughs> <laughs> no, I want to be limber and healthy when I'm an old person. I remember yeah. when my grandma told me, my grandma told me I can't run once I was like a kid. And I was like, run, grandma. And she's like, I can't run anymore. And I was like, boom goes the dynamite of my mind. <laughs> I like couldn't believe it. I was like, you can't run? You cannot run? So if a, if a fucking mugger came along and was like, give me all your money, you would just walk slowly away and hope that they, you know what I mean? Yeah. So I want to be healthy, not healthy, because I'm not, no one's he- that healthy. No, at 80. you guys are mad healthy. I, I want to be able to run. <sighs> what do you do? Nothing? I, I clean, I clean my house. Okay. You, uh, you push Judy away with force sometimes? Dude, I am not good at exercising. Like I used to, do I was doing dance like three or four days a week, but not since BB and she's gotta, almost two and a half. You got to do it, dude. Exercise is the opposite of an addiction in that addiction. You ever think about this? I'm sure you no, have. Some people have crazy addiction to exercise, but they you're right. They do. But you know how drugs and it's, you're sex, saying it's endorphins and it's giving you natural endorphins. No, what I'm saying is like drugs, sex, gambling, like uh, the kinds of things people get addicted to overeating. Yeah. These are things that like you have to be careful with because they're so seductive. They'll grab you and have you, but yeah. right. Uh, exercise is the opposite. Like you have to work so fucking hard to get into a groove where you, where you are, where you need to exercise it. There's so much inertia 
that it's so much easier to not exercise than it is to exercise that you have to like you have to double triple quadruple your efforts to get into a, a point where you're like what where you were with dance how much work did it take for you to get to a place where you so much work and i i that's another thing like i will never be good at dance like i can dance at a wedding fine uh-huh. but like i'll never be not 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 even like like fine necessarily like it's very very hard i wasn't good at it but i really loved doing it and it didn't i don't even think it's great exercise dancing amanda can you say like ballet ballet isn't well ballet's flexibility right you know what i mean and it is like those tiny little muscles and it's a lot of like stretching which is really good it is stretching ballerina yeah she was can you not tell she's a perfect angel specimen oh wow yes now that i look more closely i realize you're a more special angel i I know amanda is literally like i hope that my daughter grows up to be amanda i i hooked up with a ballerina once and it was wild why? Because she was just, like reaching her legs over her. Yeah, dude. Okay, let me ask you something. Is flexibility That's my hobby, is sleeping with good? <laughs> Sorry. Is flexibility um, and good? stretching good for when you're an old person? Absolutely. So you can know, I, I just about, do that? I think about this all the time, but you got to do it. Think about this all the time. Paul McCartney, you know, you know who that is? <laughs> uh, he's a songwriter. Paul McCartney. Oh, I thought he was like a comedian. No, he's he's funny though. <laughs> anyway, he gets a Thai massage every single day. And when you see him in concert, you're like, yep, that makes sense. Like, if you had a Thai massage every day of your life, you would grow old with great flexibility. And I'm not the most flexible person. And by the way, it sounds like I'm a health nut. I'm not. I just want to be healthy and live long and uh, and live long pleasurably. Because again, right. I care about pleasure. I heard this thing recently. This will blow your mind. The reason that exercise is so important for longevity specifically around heart issues, heart failure, Mm -hmm. is that when you're making your heart pound, you're working your heart out and, you know, Mm -hmm. like, and and you you have a pounding sweat, you will figure out that you have heart issues much, much years quicker. Mm. Because what happens is if you work out, you're making your heart work really hard. You go, oh, there's something up. You go to the doctor. But if you never work out and you become big and slovenly, your heart has to get all the way because you're always sitting around, you're never making it work hard, your heart issues have to get so bad that you can feel that you have a heart issue when your heart is at rest. So it's like, do you, does that make sense? I like stopped listening halfway through. I felt I'm sorry, you stopped listening. Moshe, it's because I just started thinking about exercise and how I'm not doing it and how I don't like doing it. And then I started feeling sad I got a little ADHD on you. No, that's that's the but that's what all podcast hosts should have. <laughs> <laughs> Exercise is hard. It's hard, and it's all, but see, you like working hard for things and then achieving the golden circle of life. I like working easy for things and having them come your way. <laughs> yeah, that's not true though, Leslie. You work hard on your writing. I feel like I'm very very hard on myself. Probably that is why I don't do dance anymore because even I don't I feel like I don't work hard enough on writing like I feel like I don't work hard enough at anything I feel that too I have that same feeling about myself yeah I feel that all the time what it would that I were a workaholic but But it's not good to be a workaholic no it's like all these people who are workaholics they produce 
so many things and they're all they're prolific but it's not good but like you can be prolific and not necessarily be a workaholic right i'm not prolific or a workaholic but like I I also don't think in terms of writing, I think people say that they work a lot more than they do. I think people are like, I can't, I'm writing tomorrow. It's like you're writing for a half an hour and like jerking <laughs> off the rest of the time. <laughs> it is why I do think about workaholics a lot because my writing process is like I sit down and I fuck like everybody. Mm-hmm. I fuck around for like. A, an unbelievable amount of time right and then i panic and then i start writing right. and then i get going i wonder if what it means to be a workaholic these people whose schedules are so insane that you kind of can't believe it if what they do is they just sit down open final draft and immediately begin writing because the truth is like when i write i don't write for content first i mm-hmm. write i just keep writing until i'm done and then i go back and see what's good or what isn't so the thing that holds me back is the first word Everybody. It, right. Do the workaholics just not have that part? And they just, they open up and they go, interior, Leslie's house. She's exercising on a treadmill and running while eating caramels. Immediately. I think workaholics probably don't produce a lot of the work that we love and see prolifically. Like, I, I genuinely think that. I think people who use work as a way to not feel their feelings yeah. are not making the best work who can we use in as a, as an example who's very prolific and whose work we really like like woody allen i that's like sure you know about- woody out stephen king oh, our totally. boy stephen king is our boy yep that's our boy right there that's our straight up homie something's wrong with him you know what i, I would that. ask stephen he's king such an anomaly dude i i and you know what he- i would ask stephen king if i could just have lunch with him hmm. i'd say where do you come up with this stuff? You know what I mean? It's <laughs> a great question. Right? He's never... He's did got... you start watching The Outsider? Yes, I did start I haven't watching. started it yet. It's, Say nothing. I've read it. Did you? Yeah, I read it. And it's what you think it is. It's The Outsider. It's good though. I mean, I don't know. For all I know, he does have a great relationship with his kid who he writes books with. Right. Maybe not so much with his wife, but he talks about her a lot. Like, I, I really don't know. He is an anomaly. He... When Stephen King isn't writing his own books, he's writing under a pen name and blurbs for other people. No, there's books. something wrong with him. No doubt like, about it. He, I mean, maybe they also like write a lot of stuff that we don't see that's really bad. Or maybe they just have, they're really good at keeping a schedule. That That's something that I'm not good at. Right, like, I'm like you. I think we're the same, actually. I think we are. I think that we're Ex- twin, twins twin separated powers. at birth. We're, we're siblings. We are. We are siblings. I mean, we are related. We are related. Literally. Literally? We're part of the same tribe. Oh, we're Jews. Yeah. Like we have, have we done 23andMe matches? Oh, like we might be distant cousins? Probably are. Listen. Whatever. Can I say one last thing? We have to talk about vaping. Okay. Let's talk about And also I need to ask you about what your, what's your outfit when you go camping? Okay. Yeah. Well. uh, Uh, Moshe's really into fashion, by the way. I am. I dress really well and my. We've been shopping together. I can't say that about many friends. Um, my outfit when I go camping, I usually, it's something similar to what I, you know what I'm very grateful for? I'll tell you what I'm grateful for. Okay. Is that in the last five years, fashion has switched, male fashion specifically, but actually female fashion too, but I don't dress in female fashions because I believe that gender is a hard binary with a line between it and <laughs> no one should ever step over that line ever. Even slightly feminine clothing is wrong on men. That's my primary philosophy. But um, no, is that comfort has come in mm. to, to, to fashion. No, 
I'm wearing sweatpants right now. I spent a decade in like structured um, hard denim. hard jeans where I was like chafing and going like, it's worth it. It's worth it. I'm just grateful now that like the stuff I have I, is comfortable. So I often wear that when I camp and I'll wear a flannel. But the, mm. you know the primary, I'll wear flannels or, or, you know. You get into it a little bit? You get into character a little? No, I mean a little bit. Yeah, a little bit. But it's still the stuff from my closet. I don't right. have like the camping section of my closet. Right. But I wear flannels. And the biggest lesson about camping fashion is less is more. Uh, don't You're going to wear the same outfit for right. for three or four days in a row. Bring a lot of underwear. Bring few pants and few clothes and bring warmth. I like that. And and your wetsuit, any splashy designs? No, you know, they don't really do splashy designs anymore, which is kind of frustrating because surf fashion is really cool. Like uh-huh. the regular clothing, uh-huh. the clothing companies, they have cool fashion, especially now it's become... Like OP? They're like OP, <laughs> got your rip curl. No, mm. but what I mean is like there's a lot of uh, hip, like new hipster surf um, brands, mm-hmm. you know, Surf Saturdays, and there's like Almond, and there's you know Mollusk is a local oh, right. a local mm-hmm. company, and it blows my mind that as surf fashion has become more and more sophisticated, the wetsuit has gone the opposite direction. In the 80s, wetsuits were super aw- awesome. You want to hear a crazy story? I think you might have heard the story before about wetsuits okay when i was young and this was in the era of the cool wild wetsuit you know the body yeah. glove neon wetsuit. right yeah when i was young it was my birthday and my grandma asked me what i wanted and inexplicably for no reason i said i wanted a wetsuit i don't oh, know. i remember this story but you should tell it's a brutal we don't one. have to talk about vaping it's fine i'm just upset that you left us i quit vaping i'm on nicotine gum i don't know i'm just scared i don't want to die oh, and i don't God. know if you're gonna die I don't Fun want to fact, die early. Everybody's dying. I don't want to die early. I want to live a long, healthy life. All right. Well, I don't know that you're not going to. Dude, do you know how fucking pissed off I'll be if in 40 years the results come in and they're like, actually, vaping was super safe this whole time and I spent 30 years not vaping? I'll be fucking pissed. Vaping's the best. Smoking's the best. I know. But I just, I don't want to die with like respiratory issues. Anyway. More of a man than I am. I'll I say that. I just started having a cough and I just, oh, really? was like, I don't know. I was scared. Anyway, okay. I've, that's fine. Maybe you'll come back to us. But maybe, I'll, maybe, I'll, <laughs> maybe I'll relapse. Hopefully. Hopefully. <laughs> But, so I, okay, as, so tell the wetsuit story because I love it. So I asked my grandma to buy me a wetsuit, and she did. I don't know why I wanted it. I only swam in pools. But she got me one, and it was like a quarter-length suit. So it was shorts and short sleeves, and it was neon and patterned. And I What was color like, neon? It was like pink neon on oh. one panel and like yellow on another. And I was mm-hmm. so – it was it – was, remember the era of like day glow? Oh, yeah. And I was so proud of it. I, I just felt like so awesome in it, like cock of the walk. And I like, I, I was in my grandma's apartment and I pulled it on. And I zipped it up and I was like walking down all str- to her pool. You don't need a wetsuit to swim <laughs> in the pool. A wetsuit is for really cold water. It's to keep you warm. And I like strut down to the, the apartment complex swimming pool. And I'm like, do, do, do. I'm like nine years old. And I get down there and there are these two like hot, like 13 year old girls like you know middle school girls and i'm like oh yeah check out my cool suit and i'm like walking in and i get right to the edge of the pool and i jump in and they're staying at me and i'm like they know what's up and i jump into the pool like super dramatically and as i'm about to like submerge i'm in the air i hear the girls just begin to laugh hysterically at me just like ha 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 
and I'm underwater and I'm trying to stay underwater. <laughs> like I don't want to come back up because Aww. I know that those girls just laughed at me. And I know you have that when you were young, you walk out and you're like, I look so cool. And yeah. then immediately something happens. You go, I am not cool. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> and I'm like, I'm trying to tread water in the opposite direction to stay underwater. And finally I can't hold my breath anymore. And I just pop up get out of the pool, grab my towel, and walk back to my oh. grandma's house. <laughs> so cute. <laughs> but now I wear a wetsuit for real. And they're not cool looking. They're all black. Mm. They're all black, and I don't know why they're not cool. Mm. But I have an awesome one. It's not made of neoprene. It's made of Ulex. Why? Ulex. Neoprene seems Bad great. for the environment. Oh it, oh, it is? And I have a Patagonia wetsuit that is like apparently the best environmentally best wetsuit that's ever been made. Wow. And brag uh, much? Yeah. <laughs> brag now. <laughs> okay. Well, that's, we're done. Was it chaos or was it clear? It was the best. It was my favorite one. The favorite episode you've ever done, right? I mean, it was really good. Okay. Can I say one more thing about exercise before we go? Yeah. They say that doing three times of cardio exercise three times a week for 20 minutes has the same antidepressive uh, effects as taking a low dose SSRI. Yeah, well, it's like I taking take medication. the SSRI. That's what Dax says. He's like, well, you don't need an antidepressant no, I, if you just work out. I don't. That wasn't what I was saying. I'm not a psychiatrist. I'm just a man that likes to exercise. So anyway. Maybe I'll start doing more calisthenics. Yeah. What is that? The whole thing Stretching? about exercise walks the whole thing about exercise is finding the thing that works for what you need for me i need to be distracted from because it's torture to me so yoga is the opposite of what i like to do because it's like get into this yeah be in this i like distraction boxing surfing i like to be like not quite hiking there's beauty everywhere i'm punching someone i gotta get on this wave and then i wake up an hour later and go i just exercised i gotta think about what mine is for that Okay. Maybe well, yours is reading. <laughs> I love reading. It's painting. It paint painting is your exercise. Painting is your exercise. Give this kid a mic. Yes. Just I'm give telling it to you, me. cameo. I'm in. How are you not wanting to be on cameo? It just feels a little corny. Corneo. It's gonna. Be, I think it's gonna be the next hot new trend. I love it. Okay, okay we're done. Amanda's like already packed Peace. up. She's out the door. <laughs> okay. Thank you. Want to talk to Leslie about your hobbies? Call our toll-free hotline at 844-370-VOID. That's 844-370-VOID. Rate and review Filling the Void on Apple Podcasts. Filling the Void is an Erios original with editing by Tracy Levy and original score by Michael Cassidy. Erios. Powered by ACAS.